Welcome, friends. It's Catherine Sidman, Sidco Cat, and this is my podcast. As a cannabis industry professional for the last decade, I have unique access to the experts, entrepreneurs, and enthusiasts who make this industry great. Join me and my guests as we dive into the people, processes, and products that make up this wild ecosystem of cannabis, psychedelics, and emerging medicines. This guy... To use a term coined by my guest, Emily Scarborough, on episode eight, Kevin is a gem. We got to know each other working at a booth at MJ Biz in 2019 and never looked back. He's smart, professional, creative, passionate, and generally a really nice guy. That is essentially the very definition of Jemmy. It took some convincing to get Kevin to agree to this conversation. He isn't associated with a big company. He's not trying to sell you anything. He isn't even repping himself right now. But that isn't what this podcast is about. Sure, lots of my guests are resources with companies and offerings. But first and foremost, they are people who I have a connection with and that I want to share with you. These are just chats, little conversations about things we have in common. I have so much in common with Kevin, and I think you will too. We got through the conversation, and just as we were wrapping up, Kevin said, shoot, I had some notes I wanted to touch on, and I got caught up in our conversation and missed it. Well, take two. So when you think we're wrapping it, think again, because we go right back in for a double dip of some sweet, sweet KYCBD. We get right back into it, and Kevin shares some of the companies and people in his cannabis world that have positively impacted him. So listen in as I hang with a homie, and we enjoy talking about events, colleagues, and companies that have left us both impressed. Now here's the chat with Kevin, KYCBD. Uh, I, now I can hear you loud and clear. I don't even have headphones on or anything. Wonderful. Yeah, I wish I had a webcam now. I know it. I do too, but I did just see you in Miami. So I'm holding that image close. Um, Yes, indeed. Do me a favor, introduce yourself. Um, Yeah. So my name's Kevin. Uh, My handle on future 4200 and Instagram is KY underscore CBD. Um, I've been doing hemp extraction in the legal space since I think it's like 2016 or so, uh, right after the 2014 Agriculture Improvement Act, let us have the research pilot programs in the hemp space. So that's pre-Farm Bill. Uh, So I think there was the 2014 Agriculture Improvement Act, um, I believe was the one that said that we could have our research pilot programs in the state of Kentucky. And then I think they came out with another farm bill in 2018 that kind of clarified some of that stuff. But we were all in the southeast, at least, like North Carolina, Tennessee, um, Virginia, Kentucky. Some of the states you had to work with colleges. Um, some of the states you just had to work with the Department of Agriculture. So it was kind of like a research program, but they allowed us to market and sell whatever we made as well. We just had to send them like some really limited data after the harvest about what it, what it all happened. So. Well, and what could you do? What could you do with product operating in that research space? Um, what were the allowable uses for the product after you, were you doing cultivation and extraction or working with farmers and doing extraction only? Yeah. So when it all first started for me, um, 
kind of to go back a little bit, I got a call out of the blue from a long-term family friend that I had done a lot of tech work for, for him and his family. And um, so he'd known me really well and knew what kind of person I was and everything and said, hey, can you drive out to Kentucky in 10 days and run my lab? And it was, you know, I knew they'd done the hemp thing up there for a while. I hadn't been out there to see them or anything. And I was just like, you know what? I'm never going to get another opportunity to do this. Um, so I took it and uh, packed up everything in like my little two-door sports car and, and drove out there. And um, when I signed on with them, we were growing. So the whole idea was to be vertically integrated. Um, mm-hmm. So we were growing everything. We were taking all of our own clones. Um, we were doing ethanol extraction in-house, uh, down to distillation, and then product formulation. So we launched originally with a line of a couple tinctures and one of the first um, crystal-resistant THC-free vape cartridges on the market. Um, and this so it was, was pretty early. Cool. So you're saying this was like 2015 or so? Yeah, 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. I can't remember mm-hmm. when our first products came out. It was right around the, uh, maybe 2017 is when we finally had enough stockpile of oil, um, got all the packaging in, you know, that all took, I mean, if I say it took a month, it might've taken a year. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think we first started selling our first products in 2018, 2019. And actually, um, one of the big wins in my sales for that whole thing was uh, Soxlet off the forum um was working with indofab and he had messaged me we were one of the first hemp slangers on there verified hemp slangers on the forum yes um so i spent not knowing what a genius this guy is now i can have phone conversations with him and it's like man i you just put me years ahead you know from where i was before i talked to you um so not knowing genius and generous generous genius yes not knowing what a what an impressive guy this was, right? Um, he calls me and he starts asking me questions about the product. And I had been doing this now for three years and, and really owned it and dived in. And it was my baby and I knew as much as I knew. And so I explained to him everything about our whole process, about how, you know, in Kentucky, we had to grow everything organically. We weren't allowed to use any pesticides or anything. And about how we were doing the ethanol extraction, what I was using for solvent recovery and distillation and how I pasteurized my products and was working hand in hand with, um, you know, the local health department people to make sure I was doing everything correctly. And um, after I got off the phone with him, he ordered uh, the first order of 100 tinctures we had sold. Oh, my goodness. Um, So it was like, you know, that really kind of put the winds in my sails. And nowadays I look back on it and crack up because I'm like, man, I sat on the phone with this guy thinking I was telling him like how we extract hemp and like he knew all of it. You know, but he sat on the phone and listened to what I had to say. And it wasn't so much of a sales pitch, you know, but um, and and he bought it. And that was really cool. So we had a couple orders from him. And that was really, um, really neat to see, like, wow, this guy out in California, like they have the world out there. We're in Kentucky, Um, but he's he's buying our CBD products. And then some of the other employees down there at over at Indofab, um, you know, and, and they gave me great reception on it. They said they really liked it and liked what we were doing. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah. I love that. I love that. And, uh, that was pre forum days. So that was, that was before the forum was even a thing. So it was challenging, uh, to connect with people and you guys, if you got to be one of the first, um, verified hemp slangers, 
And well, no, that that had to be through the forum. Do I have my dates yep, wrong? Yeah, so that would have been. I, yeah, you know what? I probably have my dates wrong too. It's been <laughs> it's been because several years forum, of bouncing around all over the place. I, think I believe I, so I joined the forum. Yep, so I joined in August of 2018, okay. um, which is actually okay. this. Uh, there's so many funny stories of just like right place, right time, luck, and and helpfulness and faith. And mm-hmm. I got my. I won my forum membership through an Instagram giveaway. In oh, like a August good life gang, good life gang yep, membership. I, it was okay. a good life gang membership. A old, really at the time, it's what everyone was using, but the old style of cart filler, the old cattle and jet, the all flex. Um, yeah. There was one of those in there. Some stuff from I think it was like back Viking Lab Supply or something. Maybe the okay. Michigan guys. Um, so I got this whole swag pack of terpenes and the cart filler machine, and we had just started doing our carts in-house. Um, so it was literally like everything came at the right time, and so I was so stoked on it. You know, I'd just gotten a cart filler, which is something that like directly impacted my work every day. I didn't have to right. use a syringe anymore, a glass syringe. And um, I'd gotten the Good Life Gang membership. So, um, you know, Dustin has always just been um, so helpful and everything. I remember I had first gotten introduced to his page, um, cause I was working down there in Kentucky. Like you said, we didn't have anyone to talk to, you know, we told all of our neighbors, we were just organic produce farmers, you know, it was still really, um, an interesting Edgy. place because uh, all of the, you know, everything was hot and it was, you know, back then we're all worried, like, you know, we could go to jail and we accepted it. It's like, we could, we could go to jail. We could get in a lot of trouble for CBD, you know, which is like, we know like this stuff doesn't get you high, but according to the law, you know, what we're doing, like it may be kind of a, a little bit of a gray area here. So, you know, as far as like working with the materials and stuff and shipping them and all that, we definitely had to kind of walk a thin line there. Um, but yeah, so, um, oh man, I kind of went off. Dustin's page, the now there, you're perfect. Um, but yeah, so I had, we didn't have anyone to talk to about it around here and it's still kind of the same way nowadays in, in North Carolina. That's why I'm so thankful for the meetups and the forum and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. but we, you know, so there was no, there weren't a lot of ways to kind of further my knowledge and network with people and really figure out what I'm doing and all that. Um, at the time, uh, very grateful for this. My boss had a, uh, one of the owners of the company had a good working relationship with Shattered Girl Jacqueline. Um, okay that's how we met that's yeah that's right Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. they hire another one of those like very lucky thankful things is she was the one that taught me how to run a short path so um and I couldn't have asked for a better teacher because you know the SOP that she delivered was 20 pages long it wasn't like a one or two page (laughs) turn it on increase the temperature swap your flasks it was in depth and um you know her phone was always on for me anytime I needed help and it's just another one of those moments where it was just like, how lucky am I uh, to have received this opportunity, you know? Um, Cause I really think of her as like one of the greatest minds of the industry. Um, so she absolutely is. She absolutely is. And she's also, um, I feel like Jackie is a river and she's constantly flowing and it's like, you just oh, have yeah. to, you have to just sit by her and like dip your toes in to enjoy it because it's going to go past you if you don't. And I've yeah. been in so many situations where like I'm with her, but she's in another room and I leave the room and then I come back and I'm like, what did I miss? What floated by while I was gone? Because she's just <laughs> going all the time. And that was when yeah. um, she introduced us 
uh, at MJ Biz in yep, 20. That's right. Yeah, which that's is when you and I met. You know, another amazing opportunity that's been afforded to me. Um, she said I could stay with her um, when she went out to Vegas, so I got to hang out with her and Philosophical and Jane and I, I don't recall maybe some of the. I don't remember who else was around then, but it was just such an amazing experience to be in this beautiful house with all these beautiful minds. And then mm-hmm. you walk the conference floor with them, Philosophical Coleman specifically, and we're looking at these like million dollar machines. And he said, I can build that for $100,000. These people are crazy. And that's like, you know, a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, this is this is the right crew. These are the people I need to be around. Um, you know, but yeah, we, we didn't have, you know, we didn't really have any way um, to learn more other than, you know, the occasional consults that we could hire and stuff like that. So I would always, uh, you know, at the time, Future was always going live on his Instagram. So I would always pop on every time he went live. It didn't matter if I was running something or if I was sitting down for dinner. I would always pop on his live. And I'd sit there for 30 minutes or an hour and just ask questions. And um, it was really awesome that I could be like, you know, we didn't know anything about THC remediation and CBD back then. And I'd be yeah. like, THC remediation on CBD, what you got? And he would have a little chuckle and kind of just say, look into flash chromatography. And it's like, he always would would be able to kind of drop the breadcrumbs and know just enough people and enough information um, to help people out like me in the middle of nowhere. But he has this Instagram and is able to, to provide these connections. Um, so it's super power. I mean, it, it, you know, this whole adventure, the whole journey has definitely changed my life. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been really incredible so far. So, yeah, you know, I love you were really um, the f- one of the first people who led with CBD. I mean, we knew about it. We knew it was coming. And we I I knew about it. I knew it was coming. Um, hadn't had any access to it. I had access to THC way before I had access to CBD. Right. Um same. And all, all, all of us did, right? right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, um, coming from, I'm fascinated by like the Northeast and Midwest states, especially with Republican senators who worked hard to carve out hemp with their own states in mind in terms of the economy, um, in the farm bill and the first agriculture bill that you, that you referenced a few years earlier. That whole market is so interesting to me. And I've learned so much about it just in the last couple of years about all the events and culture around hemp cannabis with no THC at all. Dinner pairings, festivals, farmer's market type shops, all of this stuff going on um, in North Carolina, in Kentucky, without any THC. And that's something being from the West coast. I, I just, I, I can't even really picture. Talk to me about the culture that's developed in States that still are under THC prohibition, but how hemp cannabis is developing like as a placeholder, almost, you know, yep. waiting for THC to drop. Yeah. So that's definitely, and I'm not making hemp it. a placeholder. I didn't mean to minimize right. hemp and CBD. No, no, no. Yeah. No, that is a very good way to describe it. Like, you know, yeah, let's not discount all the, the incredible medical benefits and everything. It had. But the, um, you know, the placeholder thing, like you said, a lot of the a lot of the people that are putting big money into it down here are 
you know, in the back of their mind, they're like, we're going to be ready when the real stuff is, is ready to go and we're going to kill it. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we need to go ahead and build out the infrastructure and the team and the knowledge um, and the farmers um, to get ready to do this stuff on a big scale. So that's definitely in a lot of people's minds down here. Um, when we have it coming in North Carolina, I have no idea. And I don't really care either way it's like we're gonna keep everyone's gonna keep doing what they're doing and um you know yeah it it is true talk to me about i was talking to hannah about this about um there's parties and festivals and dinner pairings and sure sales opportunities i mean all of that's happening in the hemp space yeah, so I work with a guy um, down in Charlotte. Is actually kind of another funny thing. He was out in California. They were buying our THC-free distillate cartridges. Um, they were going to a store called Remedista down there. Um, but I wor- And he was kind of a distributor for this stuff. So I worked with him online for four years before I met him and then found out he was in my backyard in Charlotte. Um, turned out he's one of my bad. Talked to him several times a day, Durban or Dutch on Instagram. Um he they're super involved in all this stuff so all like the fancy restaurants in charlotte um he can kind of get with these guys and they'll throw hemp dinners so they'll infuse the food you bring in your butter or oils or whatever you want um it's pretty cool i think it's getting people kind of into the scene and showing them what it's all about um yeah i'm i'm definitely excited for the day when we can have all the good thc stuff down here um, but there are, there, there's tons of hemp events and, you know, the glass scene is really big here in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, and there is a space for kind of like the boutique stuff here. So mm-hmm. Asheville extracts, um, 30 minutes away from me, I'm up there at their lab all the time, uh, kill it with the CBDA hydrocarbon extracts. Um, and they're, they're right here in North Carolina. So that is kind of cool being down here is that people, are going to kind of push for that boutique stuff. Um, we have some really great hemp flower coming out of the state, um, like indoor smoke. Like I would not be ashamed to sit down and smoke a joint of it with you and feel bad that I'm giving you something that, you know, tastes like it was dried in a barn and should cost 50 cents a pound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's really, you know, um, it's coming along for sure. I had a, sh- I had a chance to try some Asheville extracts Um and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and Hannah left me with some and it was, um, it was hot CBD, right? Perfect yep. for during in the morning kind of wake and bake situation. It was bright. It was relaxing, but it wasn't in intoxicating, you know? And, um, yeah. and I wish I really had cool, more you know? access. Yeah. Yeah. So you do. The good thing is, you know, uh, Asheville extracts will ship anywhere. It's really affordable. I think every gram is less than 20 bucks, you know? Um, so yeah, that he kills it. So like, it is cool being down here in the state and the location where I'm at and everything where I'm able to see kind of the, the best of the best shine through. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, realistically we need 300 milligrams of CBD at a time, not 30, Mm. you know? Mm. So high dose and low price hopefully is where we all uh end up at eventually but the boutique stuff um you know is still cool and it's getting people excited about cannabis for sure you know you were um actually commenting just today or i read the comment today it was in the last couple days um on the forum there's a thread right now about price 
forecasts for CBD mm-hmm. and hemp biomass. Um, I, I think, you know, it seems like we're having a little bit of an uptick in terms of pricing, which people are attributing to maybe less supply, like a lot, so many harm farmers only made it one or two seasons that now there's not that glut of supply on the market. But, um, your reflections on that seemed pretty spot on to me. Do you, can you share some of that? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the original, uh, topic well, was they, about. I think they the, were yeah, thinking, it was the price. Yeah. They were kind of hopefully going rosy. up. Right. Rose, rosy glasses. Yeah. And I think we're on the upswing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to manage those expectations. Um, (laughs) I don't see. That's just good advice in life, but especially in the cannabis industry, manage your expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Um, As you know, the post specifically that we're talking about, you know, I think the guy was referring to, yeah, he was hopeful that prices were going to go back up and, hang in there, you know, eventually we're going to see $500 kilos again and everything. But, you know, I remember the day when we were, you know, there were $10,000 kilos and now they're less than 500. And it's like, it's a, it's a good, it's a double-edged sword. Um, It's very good to have this stuff available for everybody for as cheap as they can get it. Um, Because, I mean, anecdotally, I haven't taken a Tylenol or ibuprofen or anything, unless I'm like literally dying, maybe like once every two years or something, I have to take one. But um, it's literally all 300 milligram doses of CBD nowadays. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that accessibility is really important because you can't expect someone to take even a dollar's worth of CBD every day. It has to be cheap. Um, And, you know, we've seen it. I worked for a company after I left Kentucky, I went down to South Carolina to work for a company that was in the process of becoming GMP certified and they were certified organic. Um, And, uh, you know, the owners of the company had a very sick daughter and CBD reduced her seizures from hundreds a day down to dozens and got her off all this medication. And I was able to, and, and it was actually a fairly low dose, but I was able to see like it doesn't just help me with headaches and back aches and you know everybody else with all their pain um it changes people's lives and like i mean if there's one good reason for it to be cheap it's sick kids i think mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. you know that's enough for me so but i don't i don't know um i've never really been like super concerned about making a ton of money on this stuff that's never been my motivator so i'm i'm happy to see all the prices go down i definitely want all my homies owning all the labs and working in the labs and at the farms and everything still to be able to provide for their families. But I think that at the end of the day, we all have to realize um, this is going to become just like any other industry and we have to operate on normal margins. So whether it's like we're going to make 30% or 50% on whatever we're producing after we pay our employees and overhead, um, if you can't be comfortable with that, then it may be time to start finding other things. And that doesn't mean like get out of the industry. It means maybe look at like selling equipment or like, you know, doing something else. Um, And to tie into that, I do a lot of consultations and I have a lot of people coming to me asking what to do with their money in this industry. And I don't think right now where we sit, it's building a lab. Mm. Um, I think Mm. it's building a kitchen. I Mm. think on the CBD side, I think all the final product and maybe even on the THC side to a certain extent, all the, um, all the final products wholesale are are so cheap now. 
um, you really need to look at building kitchens and getting a good brand together so you can capture mm -hmm. that retail margin. If you want to make money in this, if that's like your goal is like, I'm trying to build a business to make money, to employ people and blah, 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 you know, um, yeah. I think a kitchen is, is probably a lot better because the people that keep me employed, fortunately or unfortunately, are the ones who spend half a million dollars on equipment and don't know what it is. Right. Um, Right. So they call me in to kind of fix it and try and hopefully make them not lose as much money. And, um, you know, you know so. I think that's a, I think that's an excellent point. I was at a conference recently and I was on a panel and, uh, we were talking about, you know, formulation and things like that. And a, and a woman in the audience said, I'm starting a business and I am before, you know, she's passionate about cosmetics. She wanted to start a skincare line. And she said, but before I do that, I need to become an expert extractor so I can extract all my own materials. And I, I kind of pushed back a little bit and said, you know, if you were starting a cupcake business and you had this passion for cupcakes, this passion for pastry making, this passion for decorating and, you know, flavors and being creative and all these things, would you also feel like you had to grow wheat and grind it into flour and find sugar cane right. and boil it down and evaporate it and make sugar, you wouldn't. You would go buy high quality ingredients. If the thing that you're passionate about is the chemistry of it, you lean into the chemistry of it. But if you're passionate about this finished brand, I think it's a, it's a little bit of, um, this comes out of cannabis because, of course, the original formulators were also most likely the extractors, right? But there's a little bit of this sense that uh, I need to do it all from scratch. And honestly, starting with a CBD um, distillate or isolate is really starting from scratch in terms of formulation and finished products. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, vet your suppliers. They're... Um... You know, if not everybody is doing the best job, you want to ask for recent test results with full panels, make sure there's everything's clean and everything's good. But, you know, if you can do that, if you can vet your lab and get good, high quality starting ingredients, there's no reason. I mean, which, like I said, back in the day when I was in Kentucky, vertically integrated was so important to me because I could say, like, I, we we took these cuts, we grew the acreage, I dunked it myself. You know, mm -hmm, I ran the mm -hmm. recovery, I did the winterization, I did the distillation, I I put the stickers on the bottle, and then heat shrunk it and shipped it to you. I did everything, mm -hmm, you know, so mm -hmm. that there's a lot of power in that. And there's a lot of quality assurance if you're doing it right. Um, but is it profitable? I don't know. And like you said, if you're passionate about the chemistry, if this is something you want to do, go for it. Um, don't expect to make a million dollars, you know. Um, well, I don't know. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say that either. Cause there's people out there doing it. So, right. Well, but, um, you know, but just speaking of chemistry, I mean, part of the, the, the value in CBD right now, the value in biomass, the value in isolate, the, uh, really a lot of the value in CBD comes because of synthesizing chemistry and it, and it comes because of Delta eight and the miners, um, mm -hmm. That's going to be my band name, Delta Eight and the Miners. Uh, <laughs> but I'll buy the album. <laughs> I don't know. I'm already turned off by it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I Heard don't that. know. I don't know how I 
feel I, I loved it. I was I was on a panel um, or moderating a panel in Miami this past week uh, when you and I got to see each other over some delicious Cuban sandwiches. Oh, yeah. um, and somebody said, I'm a thought leader in the space and people ask me questions and, and they ask me about Delta eight and I don't know what to think about it. And um, I, I I'm there. I have really complicated feelings about yeah. Delta eight and the miners. Tell, tell me about some of your thoughts. Yeah. Um, also, I have very complicated feelings. So I first made Delta eight on accident when I was in Kentucky. So this would have been like 2017 or something, 2018. Mm. And at the time, uh, we were selling our CBD distillate for like $9,000 a kilo. So I was wow. running a little five liter. So I had like two and a half kilos in there, you know, upwards of 20 grand worth of CBD distillate. And I was running a second pass on it and I had read all of this. So this kind of goes to show like the hilarious and in ignorance too sometimes. Um, but I had I had read a bunch about how sea bleach, which is either like T41 or T5 from Colombo Labs, kind of showing my age here. I think that's all like dead stock nowadays. Had his label on it and everything. But I had bought sea bleach, convinced my bosses to buy me sea bleach to try color remediation so I could attempt to make water clear distillate. So like, mm. I'm like already way off into the wrong rabbit hole here, not understanding anything about what I'm doing. So I put, I got the bag of sea bleach and on the bag, it said, add 10% to the boiling flask for color remediation. So I was like, okay. So I did it and distilled it. And the viscosity was a little different. Um, you know, the color was a little bit improved. Um, we sent it off for labs and it came back uh, converted completely, no more CBD left, or any other, at least the lab didn't identify any other cannabinoids in there, and it was 85% pure, almost exactly one-to-one Delta-8 and Delta-9. Okay. And so in, I'm like shitting my pants. I'm like, I just screwed up $20,000, worth of CBD, and now we have something that like we shouldn't have. Who's going to want know, this crap? <laughs> yeah, so I called Jackie, and I start freaking out, and I'm like, Jacqueline, I just ruined like all the CBD. Here are the test results. She asked me about what I did, so I sent her all my um, distillation sheets. You know, I was recording data every ten minutes or so, and so I sent her all the parameters of the run. And she calls me back, and she said, "Oh my God, have you ever uh, been on a patent before?" And I'm like, "No, J Jackie, of course not. You know, I haven't. Like, I'm a computer and a computer guy and a cook. You know, like I don't." You know, no, of course not. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to take care of it. We're going to get you a patent for this and blah, 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 blah. Because I'd never seen this before. And then turns out it had already been done in the 70s. And that was kind of a wash. But I remember calling my dad that night. And I was like, dad, I think, I, I think I'm going to be on a patent. I just made THC on accident. <laughs> and, um, and I know how I did it. And I can do it again. And, uh, you know, anyway, so that's the story of, like, when I first made it. So we were, I was really high and tight about it for a lot of years because I was in Kentucky and, you know, I, I, the last thing I wanted to do was go to jail for 50 years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't really talk about it for a long time. And then people started to talk about it a little more and, uh, you know, it's really interesting. Um, it's become insanely popular. It's every store down here has a whole acrylic display case full of Delta eight products, um, mm -hmm. ranging from like edibles to sprayed flour to, to cartridges and and everything um i think that it has its place in if it remains 
I, and I don't even know if it's legal. I've since I discovered it on accident, I've always treated it like it was illegal. I'm like, it has THC mm-hmm. in the name. There's no way they would let us have this, and it gets you high. Um, if it remains legal in these states that don't have Delta Nine THC, it certainly has its place. I think um, because you know it's it's what people want. Uh, presuming it's safe, and that's the biggest thing with it is you know there are some concerns about. Uh, what is happening during these reactions? What kind of byproducts are being created? Um, is it safe to ingest? Is it safe to vaporize? If we can suss all that out and figure out, yes, you know, these reactions are safe. Um, specifically, like maybe a couple particular labs are the ones doing it safe. I don't think everybody is, if that's even the case. Right. So, right. you know, if we can figure out that there's that it's doing no harm, then uh, why not? Um you know, and if it's legal in illegal states, then I think it has a lot of value because it's not it's not the same as spice. It's not the same as like. I don't know. Um, no, and it's, apparently it's, it's very anti Um for me yeah. when I had uh, right when I left Kentucky and was transitioning into my job in South Carolina, uh, I was turning 26 so I was just getting shifted off my parents' insurance, and I went to the dentist for one last time, and they discovered like a massive growth deep in my bone, and um, ended up biopsying it. It was it was benign and everything, everything was fine, but it was the size of a sharpie cap, and I didn't know about it. Oh it was growing goodness. in my jawbone. So they removed it. Um, it was very painful. I ended up breaking my jaw, so it was all wired shut and everything. Oh. Um, and for me, this actually leads to another kind of feel good story, though. At the time. I, so I was like in a, in immense pain uh, for several months. Like I said, they literally like drilled screws into my jaw and wired it all shut because it was broken. Um, I, it was it was horrible. Um, Delta eight, so I couldn't smoke anything because I had holes in my mouth from where they had removed this thing. Um, but I was in so much pain. So I tried. I had this Delta eight uh, distillate, and so I was eating it i was like putting it in edibles and i'm like i'll i'll eat it you know maybe this will help and it made my pain worse um just for me personally um which was crazy because i was like you know i I thought thc would be good and you know anyways um so i can't remember i think i made a post on my instagram or something about uh you know the pain i was in or what i was going through and mj martini reached out to me and said hey i heard uh cbg is very good for bone growth um, send me your address and I'll send you some. I think at the time it was twenty or fifty thousand dollars a kilogram. Wow. Um, so he sent me the first vial of uh, ten grams, and so I was um, eating it a bunch. I was cooking it into a bunch of stuff. I was taking like I was trying to take like gravity bongs. I was like I can't smoke. Maybe I could like force it into my lungs somehow. <laughs> Um, and every time after that, whenever I needed it to me, he sent it to me at cost, which very well may have been below cost. And um, I don't know. It just it just goes to show I was I was in so much pain. What I had wasn't helping me. And um, he reached out and said, you know, try this. And and uh, it was it was incredible. I still like thank I sent him a message like once a year now, still thanking him for that. Um, you know, because it did a lot Absolutely. for me. And uh, and another just a little aside about um, Lily's Tribarian CBD and MJ Martini. Um, all of my family and friends know I can send them 9,000 milligram tinctures whenever they want for free. It might take me a couple days. Um, my brother goes to Tribarian CBD and like my best, the other half of the Bushback Boys, my best friend, uh, Joe, goes to them to get all their 
CBD and CBG and CBN because it's so affordable and so high potency and it's always like the highest purity stuff. And that's just, is such a testament to me is like, they can get it for me for free. They can, I can send it to, I can flavor it however they want, but like, they know that this guy's doing such a good job. They're going to go support him. And it's like, and they know what he did for me and everything. And it's like, it's such an incredible industry, you know? Um, But yeah, when Delta 8 didn't help me, he's, I have me. those connections too. And say say his brand name one more time and how people can find it. Yeah. So on Instagram, he's uh, MJ Martini. Let me check. I think, I don't know if there's an underscore in there or not, but if you Google uh, Lily's Tri Brand CBD um, on Google, it'll pop right up. Um, T-R-I a, or T-R-Y? T- yeah, T-R-I. And it has a, uh, they have like a blue and yellow logo. Okay. Um. But I he is that. a one one jam of many's. Um, so yeah, it's it's lillycbd.com, L-I-L-L-Y-S-C-B-D.com. Um, I love it. And I'm and I'm following so, MJ Martini. I'm I'm re becoming reacquainted <laughs> with my yeah. Instagram um, community since I I lost my account the other day. And so I have to remember like, you know, I have to remember somebody, they have to come to mind and I go, Oh, I want to follow them. So, um, because I already had followed them and I forgot about it. So you mentioned the Bushpack boys. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Uh, it's just, uh, just a fun side project of mine. Something I'm kind of big into is just doing these little art projects and things to keep me busy. And a big thing I like to try and preach to everybody, um, especially in this industry is, take the money your job pays you pay your bills take everything you need to take care of but then find a hobby that may one day make you money and um it's all about like i think the i think what i usually tell people is you know fall in love with and work so hard and so frequently on your side hustle that it becomes your main hustle so like Mm -hmm. do these things do these fun side projects so that one day you don't have to work a real job so the bushpack boys is just a fun thing i do with uh one of my childhood best friends um we uh all these good life gang events and all the conferences and everything um always have these fun little hype videos filmed afterwards um and it's always they're always coming out of the west coast so like anytime there's anything going on in california or washington and oregon and all that there's always these awesome video productions going on um and i just didn't see anyone kind of like locally doing that so uh, I was going out to the uh, Dread Pirate invited me out to his class in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, you know what? I, I asked him, is anyone filming you any B-roll to make you a cool video? And he said, no. So I said, you know what? I'll go ahead and buy the gimbal. I bought a website. Um, I was like, like, let's just go ahead and start it up. Um, so I called my best friend, Joe. I was like, dude, do you want a project? He does a lot of music production. And um, he's, you know, like I said, just a... Uh, just one of the one of the homies so yeah so we started up the bushpack boys i don't know it's probably not going to go anywhere but we'll keep uh cranking out some mediocre content for everybody and and having fun <laughs> with it that's really what it's about so i love it um, i love it and were you so you were um with dread in michigan and what about oklahoma Did yeah you so i missed out? i unfortunately missed oklahoma um i don't remember what i had going on i think i had a consult or something or um or something i can't remember you know it when you say when you talk about consult it reminds me a little bit of what you were talking about before and there are people who either have 
um, have a processing lab, have a processing concern, um, or are looking into the industry. And it is a tough time right now. It is a tough time to be profitable. One of the things that I've recommended to people when they, when I speak to them about their labs, if they are in the hemp space, I've definitely recommended, um, D8 and D9 synthesis, uh, both Mm -hmm. from CBD, just as a way to generate some revenue and, and have a marketable product. Um, what are some of the things that you, that you think business owners can do now to either be looking forward or um, optimizing their business so that they are making some money right now? Because it is tight. Sure. So I think uh, there's a lot to that. Um, one part of it is definitely kind of just taking a step back, which is really hard Um And that's kind of why I feel like consultants do have a lot of value is they're coming in from outside, taking a look at the big picture as an outsider and saying, you know, this is where there's waste. This is where we can uh, improve efficiencies. Um, These are kind of the pitfalls that I see. And it's it's sometimes hard for business owners to see that um, and current employees to see that because they're so in their ways and so used to how they've always done it. Um, so maybe it's hard for them to think of, you know, a new way to do things, um, or a more efficient way to do things. I think the, the biggest thing, I think probably when I go in a lot of these, uh, consults is sort of focusing on some lean manufacturing practices. So how do we best set up your production staff, um, to manage the task at hand? Um, a lot of it comes down to making sure we never run out of anything. Um, you know, you always want to be prepared, uh, several weeks ahead if you can afford to do so. Um, so that way you never have to worry about, you know, the ship getting stuck in China and now we have nothing to do and, um, we're behind on orders and all that. Mm -hmm, So I feel mm -hmm. like kind of just preparing yourself as good as you can, um, for consistent and quality production is very important. Um, as well as to that, there's a lot to that. I mean, any one of those aspects, Kevin, any, like all the way down to at the end, is your packaging ready? Is it proper? Mm -hmm. Is it written? Is it, is everything written on it that needs to be written on it for your consumer? And we're not even talking about, you know, regulated THC cannabis, which has very stringent packaging requirements, but terrible to get all the way to the end of the production line and not have place to put your product so that you can make it saleable. I mean, all of those things, any one of those things could be an opportunity for a consultant just on having the right materials, supplies, packaging, all of those things on hand all the time. Yeah. So in the consultant space, it's definitely, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of opportunity, um, you know, from, building labs, starting up a lab, getting everything going, but also coming in on these places that are already developed and then kind of helping them optimize and make things efficient. Um, like you said, compliance, like with packaging is, is very important. Um, and then just compliance in the building in general. Um, I can't tell you how many places I've been in and out of that don't have, you know, spill kits and fire extinguishers or, uh, I wash station, properly lit exit signs, I wash stations, um, SOPs for onboarding and safety data sheets on hand. So it's a big, it's definitely a big job. Um, but it's a lot of fun going into a place and kind of, it's not an empty canvas. It's a canvas that 
kind of already has some artwork on it. Um, and you kind of get to shape it into something that's like legible, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and presentable and professional. Um, what's your What's your favorite? What when you look forward? What are you excited about? What are you excited about in cannabis as you look forward? Well, right now, uh, right now in cannabis, the most exciting thing uh, that I have on my mind is mushrooms. Um, <laughs> You know, there's so many similarities. Cannabis I mean, is mushrooms. It's true. Everyone is, everyone is talking about it right now. How similar, you know, we are right in the beginning of the mushroom game. And uh, it is so similar to the right in the beginning of the THC or CBD game. Um, you know, when I was, I worked the booth with Alex, uh, the owner of C1D1 Labs and mm-hmm. at uh, MJ BizCon in Vegas. And, you know, I had half a dozen people come up to me and say, hey, can I put mushrooms in that? It's like yeah, well, the obvious answer is you can put whatever you want in it, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, the but it sales was really answer cool. is yes, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was really neat to see that buzz. Um, you know, we just got back from Miami and and we're at the psychedelic conference, and there were a couple booths there that were definitely interesting and in pushing the envelope. Um, so. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I think they, the they push. The, there's some some booths there push the envelope way past mushrooms. They did. They did. Yeah, yeah. And they got a little slap on the wrist. I don't know. I haven't seen anything in the news about them yet. But um, I heard the the Department of Ag came by and said hello or goodbye rather. Um, well, I mean, if if I had a table full of DMT carts, the the best thing that could happen to me is that the Department of Ag comes absolutely. by and shuts me down. <laughs> As soon as I heard it, yeah, I was like, awesome, cool, we're out of here. Thank you, guys. Won't happen again, you know. No worries. Yeah, send the lady from the ag department because that's not nearly as scary as who else they could send. Hell, yeah. She has a lot less threatening badge, that's for sure. It's You know what? I do think think that um, the cannabis conversation is opening up to the wider psychedelic space. I'm fascinated by you know, how much the same it is, as you pointed out, and how different it is. Um, Mm -hmm. Different in that, you know, it's these little city tight compartments, not states doing the work to decriminalize and regulate, but little cities and municipalities and counties and jurisdictions. And it's like, that's fascinating. That, I mean, that's interesting to me. And, um, uh, I still see, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a rocky road and I, and I anticipate, um, I anticipate a lot of really sincere, really hardworking people, um, not finding a path to great success. If that, if they're measuring that success financially, you know what I mean? You know, that's yep. been my experience in cannabis. Some of the people working hardest, um, and in the grassroots are, are not the people reaping the financial rewards. I think they would tell you, you know, the Absolutely, community, yeah. the community and the, the lifestyle has been great, but, um, you know, they're, they're not cashing in. And I see that coming for my psychedelics people as well. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. It'll all, you know, all this stuff will eventually be somewhat commoditized um, where there's more or less an agreed upon price by everybody where everyone's making a fair amount of money um, and not insane margins. Um, 
Well, and we want to, and, and kind of going back to, to what you said earlier, which, which I thought was, um, you said, you know, inexpensive, freely available, high quality cannabinoids are important. So I'll take less of a margin. I'll expect less of a margin because that's the right thing. We want this to be accessible mm-hmm. to people. Um, yep. Y- you know, I think I have a similar sort of feeling about federal regulation or federal decrim. I mean, federal decriminalization obviously would be great, but I don't think that's what we're going to get. But some sort of federal um, unprohibition <laughs> rollback of the scheduling of cannabis. And on the one hand, as a person who sells equipment, um, I like it wouldn't some of the worst thing that could happen to me in terms of the size of equipment that, that I sell, uh, which is that small, small scale for a state type compartment, you know what I mean? Um, and for my customers who have those extraction companies in various States, federal descheduling would be terrible for that whole part of the market. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it means that 40,000 prisoners are released, which it probably also doesn't because they're duplicitous about that. (laughs) But if it means that people aren't going to prison, if it means that the prisoners are being freed, if it means cannabinoids are freely available to people, then I really need to step back and say, yeah, this might not be good for my business. My business thrives in these state tight compartments. Right. Right. But it's not about me. It's not about me. And, and what's the best. And I think, um, prohibition never helps. Prohibition never makes any situation better. Nope. I feel like if people, you know, are in the game at this point and their whole idea is I'm going to make a bunch of money and I'm going to sell this stuff for way more than it's worth, um, you know, it's time for them to find like another green rush and, you know, hopefully they don't move right into mushrooms and. Or maybe NFTs. Can't they have NFTs or crypto or something? Yeah. Yeah. Let them have, you know, whatever. But I think, you know, there's, it's a, it's, it's so funny. The cannabis industry is small but big um it's almost hard to describe it's a small enough industry that if you do right by people and you you do the good thing or inversely if you do the bad thing word will get out and it'll work like in your favor or not but it's also big enough i mean we're just you know when i think about consults usually i focus on this focus on the southeast um recently uh voodoo flew me out to california which was super cool because i've never been out there before um but it's very local for me. But when, you know, when you think about, actually, I have the whole United States available and actually I have the whole world available. Um, it's also a very big industry um, and it's ever evolving all over the world. Um, Absolutely. So. And it's getting, it's getting bigger all the time. I think that when, when this really comes and specific to CBD, the future of THC is at whatever scale we're doing CBD at now. And the future of CBD is at a scale that I think does not really exist yet in the United States, but look to Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, look to China, look at how they've been processing CBD at a big, big enterprise level scale. You know, the, the clear scientist down there in South Carolina, um, Mm -hmm. He's got his, I think it's a hexane. It was like a cottonseed plant that he took over. And I mean, he is putting out 55 gallon buckets of crude oil right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And and he can take wet bailed biomass. So it's, 
it's pretty crazy the scale that we are able to operate at that maybe some people don't realize yet but i think you know hopefully the future is going to be isolating all of so there's a ton of value in the full spectrum products for sure but i think that it's going to be really interesting in a couple years to see all these isolates be available for cheap to be able to be compounded um custom like in a in a clinical environment hopefully you can go to your doctor and say this is my problem and they'll be able to offer you a cannabinoid solution um instead of like the typical pharmaceutical solution um because i've had tons of experiences with mixing these things up together where i've felt depending on what ratios i put the cannabinoids in and how i consume them uh like heavily sedated or energized or you know slightly sedated or energized like you can mix these up and all and and pain relief and nausea relief and anxiety and depression and all that stuff um so i think hopefully like that hopefully I see that as our future is that eventually we'll be able to isolate all these things and combine them in a certain way um, that they provide you with the effects that you are looking for, whatever that may be. Um, And you can, and you go back and you say, Hey, it did work. It didn't work. And they give you a different ratio of the cannabinoids and you try it again and then figure it out. And I think that's much less damaging than um, a lot of the other things that doctors are, are willing to try out on you nowadays, you know? Absolutely. And we have an endocannabinoid system, whether or not your doctor learned that in medical school, because I'll bet they didn't. Um, but, but we do have a system native in our body. We have receptors for this medicine. And um, okay, this is a funny story. So um, my oldest son, Zach, <laughs> Sidco on the forum, when I, I like I had to come out to my kids as a cannabis user. You know, it's always something dad and I had in the background. And, you know, there were times we couldn't get it, times we could. But if we went on a trip, just the two of us, we'd try to make sure we had a little bit. But it was not a it was not a daily part of our lives, mostly because of prohibition, right? And at the time, Oregon had a medical program, but the state of Oregon would share the list of um, people on the medical database with child protective services. And that was a criteria to have your children removed. So I wasn't going to get on the medical list. Right. Um, so when my job and I had this job in an office, my kids didn't care what I did. You know, I sold equipment, right. And I sold it to, uh, aerospace, electronics, pharmaceutical. And when I transitioned, you know, there was about a year or two transition where I did both. I had, you know, the cannabis customers and the, uh, traditional market, my traditional market customers, um, <laughs> which is a which different is totally traditional different. market. Yeah. Totally than different. My, yeah. Than You're talking current. about people in suits, not people in sweatpants. <laughs> right. Well, they worked for NASA. They didn't really wear suits. They were rather ill-kempt. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, okay. I mean, these guys were really smart. Um, but anyway, I so I came out and I think Zach was, gosh, how old was he? Maybe uh, 22 or so young guy. And he had left, you know, left home and he was living in, we were in Oregon. He was in the Bay area. And I said, so are you familiar? Are you, do you know about cannabis concentrates and dabs? Like, have you ever heard of dabs or BHO? Have you ever heard of any of that? And he pulls out his wallet and he pulls out his California medical card. And as his mom, I'm like, but there is nothing wrong with you. You are not sick and do not need to be under the care of the doctor. You know what I mean? What, what did you tell them to get this medical card? And he said, I feel better when I'm high. That's just, you know, it's just one of those things with cannabis. Like we feel better, even if you don't start out as unwell, you'll feel better if you do it. 
And over time, yeah. over time, uh, it certainly is something that's benefited me and has introduced me to so many special people, Kevin, and so many colleagues become friends and, um, and I love this little industry we're in. I know that we're, I know the cannabis industry is a niche and we're in a niche of a niche of that in extraction. And I love it. I love the people who are here and I'm, I'm just glad to have gotten to meet you and, um, <laughs> be on this journey with you. Yeah. Likewise. likewise. It's good. It's good. So tell people how they can be in touch with you and follow what you, what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm definitely um, on the forum every day. Uh, my profile on there is ky underscore cbd, and it's the same as Instagram. On the forum, my profile is hidden, so you have to either flag one of my comments and then say, I would like to talk to this user directly to DM me, or go into your messages and then say, start a new message, type in my name, and then send the message, and then we'll be good. Um, other than that, Instagram, just send me a message first so I know who you are, because you know, otherwise you're going to be sitting in that inbox list with a couple hundred other people. So, um, shoot me a little DM, uh, when you request me and let me know what's up or whatever. And we can, we can start talking for sure, but it's mostly like good life gang members and family on there. So it's, you know, I'm not super public. So. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, Kevin, thank you, Kevin, KYCBD, be in touch for anything, uh, hemp processing, CBD processing, good lab practice. Uh, watch out for Bushpack Boys because... Bushpack Boys, that's right. Mediocre hype videos all day long. <laughs> yep. They're yep. better than that. You know they are. Um, so be in touch with Kevin. Kevin, thanks for joining me. This sure was fun. Yeah. Thank you, Kat. It's been a while. You've been asking me for, I think, since you started this thing uh, to yeah. get on, but... Today seemed like a good day. Talk about oh. some positive stories and good stuff and good people and, you know. Good. Well, I, I, I'm biased, but I think that um, the world needs more of you because um, you're, <laughs> you're a thoughtful, kind person with a lot of passion and a lot of give a shit. And, and um, we just, we need more of that. I'm here for it, Kevin. Thanks, Kat. Right back at you. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Love you. Bye. Love, love you back. So do you remember how in the beginning I said, I'm going to press record early because yes. if I don't, we're going to say something clever or important I and I won't remember. get it. Yep. As soon as I turned off the recording, you named six things that were really clever and important that you wanted to talk about. And so I said, jokes on you who just breathed the big sigh of relief. I'm putting the recording. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. That works. KYCBD. <laughs> back um, at it again. We're back at it again because you said, you said something that just, when I hear it, I listen. Do you know what that thing was? Oh, I'm assuming I, I'm assuming it was a couple of them. Yep. A couple of the things, a couple yep. of the strings of words. Yep. But yeah, no, we hopped off. So we hopped off the, uh, you know, the recording and we we're still talking afterwards. And I looked down, I have, so I, I'm like kind of a nervous Nelly because, you know, I don't like talking about stuff and have it on recording. So I made a note card just to make sure, yes. you know, I, yes. I didn't like, I didn't screw anything up too bad. 
And uh, on the note card, you know, I was just looking over it and I was like, we just entered the recording and I was like, oh man, I'm really bummed. I didn't get to talk about at all uh, chem chicks, any of the girl groups, like how great the meetups are, cart farm, quality stainless steel, you know, um, voodoo. You get all my stuff. I mean, they're just, and like everything Andrew's doing now, killing it, like with his rosin and all that. So. Okay, so you know, let's do it. Let's talk about those. Yes, it was awesome. when you said chemchicks, so, you had my yeah. you had my full attention. Chemchicks, so yeah. So like all of the all of the women in the industry are kill like regardless of their gender. Um, you know the the ones that are out there and the ones that I see and everybody else sees um, are just doing such an incredible job. And so I dated. Uh, stephanie what the steph on instagram uh for like three and a half years and she ended up moving up to we dated long distance forever she lived in the mountains north carolina she moved to kentucky um and my boss was like she was hanging out in the lab so often and kind of just like i would turn around and she'd be like manning the short path a little bit and uh finally the boss was like okay well we can pay her um (laughs) so she started working with us and so Stephanie had worked with me in the lab for years, um, I think like two years or so. And she got involved um, in like this little girl group chat that was going on. Um, and it had like all of the, all, essentially like a lot of the chem chicks in it. Um, mm-hmm. all, all the chem mm-hmm. chicks, or chem chicks, you know? Um, yeah. And it was just so cool because I have, you know, I have the Good Life Gang and the forum and all that but for stephanie was a little uh newer and i know like the forum can be kind of intimidating um especially with the couple trolls that are around there you know you don't want to like post something and look ignorant and then get chewed out and feel bad yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. so like for her to be able to have this other little group um that like she could be involved in and have conversations with and stuff um it's like I was saying, like when I first, uh, you know, started following Dustin and found out about the forum and everything, I just immediately had this community that I could talk to that understood yeah, the yeah. language that I was speaking. You know um, what? I love, I love that. And I love, um, I love what Jessica is doing um, with Chemchicks and how she's supporting women. And I look forward to woman crush Wednesday on her Instagram page, because I want to know who the woman is of the week. And there have been some amazing extractors and it's so much fun for me, um, to see extraction chicks and, and, and pivoting to meetups. I absolutely love, and I would also like to say I am a chem chick and I don't think I was on that group chat. So Steph needs to give me the hookup because I'm missing. It might be one in one out. You might have to Oh no. Oh shoot. Um, well, well, Steph, tell me where it is and then I'm coming for you. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, it was just, it's seeing that community, um, already there and supporting each other and everything and like supporting someone that I love so much. Like, I don't know. It was super cool. Well, and look at this. Let's talk about meetups for a minute. Um, when I went to the early, future forum meetups I was I mean at times I was the only woman there I was certainly the only woman of my age (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's still true but 
but it's a meetup in Miami. <laughs> in the meetup in Miami, uh, I think there were more women than men. At least maybe the same amount. That might be a stretch. It might have been closer closer than it definitely has been. You think it was mm-hmm. 50-50? I mean, I'm thinking about it. You know what? Know. It might have been. See, I'm thinking know. about it, and it might have been. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't, and it's it awesome. wasn't like girlfriends. It wasn't like people bringing girlfriends. I'm talking about, you know, the hash fight chicks were there. Jill, Jill from Orange Photonics, Jessica was there. Yeah. We'd rather Owner, be traveling. Owners of businesses, you know, and, Lorel, and successful things. Yeah. Valerie. Um, I mean, there were there were a uh, Nikki from ets i'm just i'm rattling off the women there were a lot of women there rochelle gordon duchess the dank duchess was there rochelle gordon stakeold so they brought a whole posse of women yeah there were all sorts of chicks i don't even remember any of the guys now that i think of it were you even there because it was all women as far as i can remember i was there i can't name as many guys probably (laughs) (laughs) um okay Uh so i love that i love that i want to talk about cart farm and qma yeah, yeah. So they had, um, you know, they kind of like sponsored a little table there. Um, we're showing off some new equipment that he had. Uh, the real, the real thing that they kind of showed me um, is just how, which I kind of already knew, but they proved it. Like I've seen their, I've seen their QuickBook accounts. Um, is like how important customer service, like answering that phone. I know I can call either of them if I'm on a consult. Um, and we have a problem or if oh, I recommend somebody kill a mic and quality stainless. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh. Um, customer yeah, service leader. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Um, you can pretty much reach out to those guys. I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't want it forever, but day and night and, um, and they'll get it right. And, uh, I mean, I can't, I've never met anyone who's just like overnighted me something before when I didn't ask for it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, and, it's uh, true. You know, so back it's, a, in the it's day, a whole nother level. Um, yeah. Back in the day um, when I would do, you know, sales and marketing seminars and things like that. Um, there was one school of thought that said you can be the innovation leader, the price leader, or the customer service leader. And those were kind of, you know, where does your, where does your business fit into that? And at the time, um, we were all challenged to go engage with retail establishments around us and go see, you know, and classify businesses essentially. And Nordstrom's, I don't know if it's still the way, but back in the day, Nordstrom, if you had a brand of something that that they carried, with Gloria Vanderbilt, let's say, since I'm already sounding like I'm from the '90s, if you I don't had know a brand, those brands, so <laughs> like like with tags on it, and you didn't even buy it at Nordstrom, if it had Macy's label on it or Macy's price tag, if you took it back to Nordstrom, they would take it back and give you store credit. You couldn't oh, wow. even you couldn't even like blow through a Nordstrom without three people coming over and trying to help you and whatever. Like in terms of customer service and the customer being right, it 
really was amazing. And I, and I think about that level, like the level of service, that concierge service. And I immediately think about Mike and what he's doing at quality stainless parts, because you're absolutely yeah, so right. So along, along with some right. of the last notes on my note card, I had a story here about, uh, I was on a consult in Kentucky and accidentally broke a one liter or a two liter Buki flask, uh, for like a little desktop Roto app. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I hit you up on Instagram or something, and you got it shipped out like next day. Some It was the insulated one too. It had that coating on it. Oh, are you talking about coating. Hyde? Was it Hydolf? Oh, Hydolf. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, yep. That was me. Yep. I did that. Yep. And, uh, and I think somehow you actually got it to me like faster and cheaper with that little coating on it than like anywhere else I could find. That's because it so was on was a demo. Awesome. It was on a demo unit in Chicago somewhere. And I, I'm just, you know, I made unspeakable promises to get somebody to go swipe that off. And I said, by the time I said, people are going to walk through that showroom a hundred times before anybody notices it's not there. Come on. This stuff is like, it's like plants. You know what I mean? These well, are like house plants in the office. Come on. So well, that saved my ass because, uh, I, that was the first time I'd ever worked with one of those and they're, they're like super nice, but I accidentally like clamped down on that flask too tight. Oh yeah, and the connector. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how tight should I do this? And I was like, oh clink. I guess that's you too know, tight. <laughs> another thing I want to say about Mike, another shout out to Killa Mike is how supportive he is of other businesses, how supportive he is of Cart Farm and QMA. And oh, yeah. um, you know, he's he's just he's a supportive person. He's he'll help anybody um, with anything, especially if you need like tax advice. <laughs> he's, yeah. Yeah. He's got it going on. He's got it. He's got it dialed. He's got it dialed. All right. Who, who else is on your list? Tell me what else is on your card. Ooh. You know, I think that pretty much covers it, actually. We got our chem chicks. We got it. our meetups. We got it all. Yeah. We got it. Well, I was looking yeah. at us in Miami. I was, <laughs> I was, I was checking us out. And I was thinking, is this our job? I mean, is this... <laughs> this is what we do for work, you guys. And I, I just made me so thankful. I'm just so thankful, Kevin. And I'm, I'm thankful for you and I'm better off with you, my friend. So, um, yeah, you too. You know, it's super important, you know, for anyone, I'm sure this is going to be a boring podcast cause we didn't talk about anything, uh, too down and dirty. Uh, we usually do those talks in person, but, uh, anyone who's stuck around for all the lovey dovey shit, you know, um, get out there and meet everybody, you know, come see everybody in person and and put a face to the name. And it's the in real life stuff, Kevin, that's what it is. It's the in real life stuff. You know, I, I, um, yeah, you got to find your tribe and they need to be people that you can connect with in the real world, you know, either, even if that's a zoom chat with a face and a voice in real time with a background of like, this is where I live, you know, whatever you can do to connect. And, um, it's important. And there's so many opportunities for it. There's so many different ways with social media to use social media as like a jumping off point to get relationships in real life, you know? And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's important. And you are somebody who's a good friend in real life. And I appreciate you. Yeah. Got 
right, I'm going to turn this off. Don't you dare say anything clever. <laughs> Are you in the market for cannabis laboratory equipment or supplies? Stop right now and go to goodlifegang.tech. The Good Life Gang is an affiliate program that offers discounts on everything you need to build out and supply a cannabis processing lab. Your annual membership will quickly be covered by the savings you'll receive, and you get to go to the coolest parties. GLG meetups are by far the best marketing and network opportunities in the cannabis space. Sign up now at goodlifegang.tech and tell them Kat sent you.